0: Welcome to the geek to geek Podcast, where Destiny's Child is finally here. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Bij.
1: All the single ladies, all the single guardians, all the single guardians, all the single guardians. I think that was Beyonce, but I think that was just Beyonce. Yeah, I know. My wife is going to kill me when she hears this. And today
0: we were talking about Destiny 2 because, well, we both were playing it and it was going to be a geekery topic. And then we realized that it's probably a full topic. So we should talk about it Um, to get started, just like let people know where we're at. You didn't really play Destiny 1. I played Destiny 1 um, through the first two expansion packs and I honestly like when you start Destiny 2 and it gives you that recap of like all of the exploits that you did in the first game I didn't remember most of it like honestly Uh, I didn't like none of it stuck with me and like all of the NPCs I don't remember any of these people I think they were just kind of standing there in the tower last time I played and now they're actual characters which is really cool but um I'm playing on PC or not PC sorry that's not out yet don't get excited Um, I'm playing on PS4 and so are you but I also grabbed it on PC because I have a lot of friends that are going to be playing on that system, and I'm excited Mm -hmm. to play with them, whereas I don't have nearly as many people playing on PS4. So on PS4, I am playing Hunter at the moment, because that ended up being my main character, even though it was my second character in Destiny 1, and we'll see if the characters carry over to PC. I really hope they do, since I'll be playing over there. Um, I never really did the Titan in Destiny 1, so that might end up being a PC character for me. We'll see. I'll I'll have to see what happens with characters carrying over. But one of the cool things that I noticed right away was like seeing my characters, my my main, like my Warlock, which is my first character I got to max level, and then my Hunter, which was kind of my main in Destiny 1, um, they were just there when I launched the game, when I launched Destiny 2. So that was really sweet to see. But how are you feeling? Because I know you're on PS4 and you're playing right. Warlock,
1: Right. And I was originally gonna wait and get it on the PC. That initially I thought, you know, I have friends here, I do most of my gaming on the PC, that's just where I that's where I want to be. And with the PS four coming out a good two months early, earlier and everybody being so excited about it, it really clicked for me that I wanted to play it with everyone when it first came out to have these kind of initial impressions that I don't get to do very often. So given that the PS four was a celebration for getting the new job, I decided I'm and extend it a little bit and to do it with uh, Destiny 2 as well. And so I'd played the beta back and forth on uh, PC, went through a few of the characters and I loved the idea of the Titan, but I just never really i don't know what it was i hated the shield that it threw up when i was playing by myself i'm not really good at cover when it comes to first person shooters i'm kind of hyper aggressive and die all the time so i decided that oh, after a watching a few, uh, I, that's actually where i'm probably going to go um i just chose warlock because after watching some videos i thought that it had the coolest special attacks that you could use that uh i'd watch them and i loved the flaming sword and being able to like fly through the air and shoot people with fire while you uh while you kind of slice them and burned them it was it was honestly too good to give up for that and they had self heals which i don't think that the hunter does and that is uh that's real important for me no the way that i'm spec
0: out with hunter is with arc strider i keep forgetting the names of the subclass it's the one with the basically like a lightsaber staff Mm -hmm. like full of lightning yeah that one Um, looks super awesome yeah one of my friends keeps calling it a like a arc dancer pole dancer pole dancer that's it Uh, Yeah, yeah because it's like yeah um uh anyway i've been playing that because you can like i don't i don't know i kind of the weapons i landed on are um, kind of medium to melee range so it works really well because I just save it up for when I get a huge group of enemies or I feel like I'm about to get overwhelmed yeah. and then I just wade into them and just destroy them all which is
1: so what really fun what weapons did you fall back on I don't know if that's something you want to touch on later but I'm really curious on uh, given that you said you've already you know settled on these weapons because I've kind of done the same thing at the point where I'm at even though I haven't gotten to end game yet like you have I've really found that of all the weapons i I've played with there are a few that that just hit my playstyle better than others.
0: Yeah, it's interesting cuz I've landed on a different set of weapons totally than what I was doing in the first game. The first game I had last word, which was um like an exotic, you know the different levels yes. of gear. Okay, right. so if you guys don't know um legendary is like the second to highest and you can have an unlimited amount of those and then an exotic is like the highest level of gear but you can only equip one of those at a time so you can only ever have one exotic in one slot and then the best you can have in everything else is legendary so in destiny one um i had last word which was an exotic hand cannon and i really liked that weapon that was my primary my secondary was some kind of legendary sniper that i liked and then my um whatever the third weapon is it wasn't called power weapon at the time i don't think but whatever the third weapon was i always had like a rocket launcher there and that, okay that worked for me it was kind of like medium to long range was kind of where yeah. i was at and i in the whole time i was playing i didn't realize this but sometime after i stopped playing they added swords to the game um yeah when I stopped playing, there was only one sword and it was only in like one campaign mission and it was in one of the expansions and it was just kind of Mm. like a one-off thing. Um, Apparently sometime after that, they added swords forever and I love those in games like this. Like I always like the energy sword in Halo. So what I've landed on this time in Destiny 2, I have an assault rifle as my primary, which I didn't like those at all in the first game. So I'm kind of surprised that that one is my kinetic weapon. My energy weapon is my exotic right now. And it is, I wrote it down here because I knew I was going to forget the name of it. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> I'm scrolling. Um, it is the Sunshot, which is a, a exotic hand cannon, and it does solar damage, so it really cuts through people's shields. And then when you destroy somebody with it, they explode into an AoE solar damage.
1: Nice.
0: So, I really, really like that, and I think I'm just going to keep infusing it to keep it, like, in my weapon rotation. And then my power weapon, I have just a legendary sword because, like, the swords are so fun. So I ended up specking kind of, like, melee focus. So I use the hunter dodge that recharges your melee, and then um my melee is the one that, like, if you hit somebody, it will heal you if you kill them with that hit. Um, yeah. And then you can like chain it into multiple hits if you follow it up fast enough so you can do ton of damage really quick and then you can dodge and refresh it and then do another round of it so i'm i'm really kind of spec into that medium to short range with what I have right now and I'm loving it it's super fun
1: that sounds fantastic and you've made me really look at moving from the warlock because the melee attacks I know I was texting you about this earlier this week the melee attacks and the grenades are my favorite things ever because I just love being able to go up and punch something and pretty much just watch it just slap it in the face and it die and they're absurdly powerful I don't know if all of them are but the uh, the warlock is absurdly powerful and uh, so I've spec'd into right now where I am getting uh, an extra, extra fire attack on them that when they die they explode. I think that's what they do is they explode and it's just fantastic. And the weapons that I love, the swords are amazing. I looted a sword a while back, and I haven't put anything else on since then. Just just going through with a power weapon of a sword is fantastic. And I actually, which is weird, because my primary weapon is a scout rifle. It's, uh, I like being able to stand back. Shoot everyone and then go in with the sword once i 've cleared out the uh, clear out the group a little bit, and then my kinetic or my uh, energy weapon is pretty much the um, I don't even know what what it's pulse rifle, I guess, is what it's called, where it's kind of like a full auto energy rifle where I try to keep one of each general uh, long, short and and kind of mid range uh, where I can take on anything without having to stop and go maneuver around in my menus as much as i have to so that and that'll change later on i'm sure based on drops and whatever comes up but i've i'm right there with you on the swords they're just so much fun to go around and uh and and slap people and cut them down but i really if you can do that with the hunter i'm really may roll a hunter and see yeah, Hunter has a lot of really good melee options, and I think the Titan does too. Um,
0: like I said, I'd never played Titan, but I've played enough strikes with random people that I've seen their abilities, and one yeah. of theirs or two of theirs has some pretty like attack power focused melee mm. Um, damage that you can output if you want that for powers so i don't know there's different ways to spec into them i did play around with all of the hunter subclasses just to see and the golden gun is pretty fun too but i i just kept coming back to that arcs rider and then i think the the other one which is the void power which i'm blanking on what it's called i don't know i'm I'm really bad at these specific names for stuff in destiny just because none of it ever sticks um in my head but the one where you can like shoot a void like bow and arrow that one seems like it would be really interesting in the right group yeah. circumstances like maybe for raiding but just the way that i play typically in a night it just doesn't really fit
1: yeah and that's kind of the way th- why i actually went with warlock with the self heals and the uh the self heal area that you get and the way that they kind of just float around and have kind of utility for everything that i would want to get into with their powers that's one of the reasons i ended up choosing it because i even though i have friends on there i haven't been able to really group up with anybody yet
0: yeah well we should talk about like how much we've actually played because well i'm farther than you so how far are you we don't need to get spoilery because most of the destiny talk anyway isn't the story so let's just save that (laughs) for people um granted the story is much better in this game because i actually have learned npcs and i feel like i've connected with some of them and i know the characters and i could actually tell you the story of this game whereas i have no idea in destiny one um yeah but so like how far along like how many planets are you in that would give people who have beaten it a feel for it
1: i'm on nessus i think is what it's called the one after titan so i guess the third planet um it's the one where you go and it is the new planet that they found in the solar system, a planetoid and it has all the centaurs and You're searching for uh someone. Don't yeah. No, someone. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and, okay. um I'm almost done with it, I think, because I've been there for a little bit, and I honestly would have beaten it uh, and gotten past that much further than I am, but stuff has come up, and I wasn't able to play the last couple of days. I'm probably close to the end of whatever that planet is, but I'm really liking it. Uh, Stuff has come up, so I haven't been able to really get through it yet, but I haven't really unlocked any of the special stuff about Destiny. So far, it still feels like a single, player first person shooter which is fine which is great that's that's what i actually wanted whenever i got it kind of a single player co-op game that i that i really like but i want to get into the fire team stuff and be able to do strikes and what i think you called them something like lost stories or something like that maybe sectors yeah you can do that right now but uh, But you might not have found them yet i don't think i found them yet because i didn't even know what they were called until you had mentioned them yeah, those are just out in the world, but you are getting close to the point where it
0: opens up. So there's a point where you hit in the campaign, and I'm going to try to stay vague here, but you hit it in the campaign, and then it says, okay, before you can go on to your next main campaign mission, you have to level up a little bit. And when right. you hit that point, it basically unlocks like patrols and strikes and... A two or three other things also i think it unlocks a different crucible playlist because that one showed up at some point i'm assuming it was uh, right around then um i want to say something else too but it unlocks a ton of stuff that you can do and once you get to that point in the story it's kind of like okay most of it is unlocked for you and then you just go play around and then when you level up enough you can go and take the next main campaign mission and that will kind of push you through the end of the story so okay i finished the campaign and i've f- finished completely i want to say two planets because you get so after you beat the main campaign you get a couple and i don't even know what they're called they're like end game quests they might be called exotic quests but it's something like that and there's one on each planet and then there's also adventures on every planet and those kind of show up just as you play the game um even though i ignored them mostly until i got to the end game so I've completely cleared out the endgame quests and the adventures on two of the four planets right now. Okay. And then I've done every strike once, I think, because I keep going back to that because it's fun and I, I haven't seen any repeats in a while. Um, OK, that's good. I think I'm basically approaching the end of having played every piece of single player content one time, like everything okay. that I can do without a group that's like a pre-made group i'm i'm almost there and that's kind of my current goal at the moment and i will probably be there within the next like two play sessions that i sit down and do so sometime this week
1: and this is on your first character right Yeah, this is you haven't done any of the other classes.
0: No, um, I started one just because my son wanted to make a character and see it run around a little bit. So I did the intro with a Titan, but I'm I'm not planning on actually using that character. Um, he just wanted to make it, so that was fun. But no, this is just on the one character because, like, honestly, I feel like long term, I don't know how much I'm going to play this on PS4. I'm going to a lot in the next month. I know that, but I have so many people I know. Like, I'm amazed how many people i know that did not play destiny one that tried the beta on pc and loved it and are waiting for it to come out on pc and like that's where the people i know are so that's where i'm gonna play long term
1: and one of the reasons that i ended up not waiting on the pc version is i was talking to people today and it was that my pc is about six years old now and If I want to be able to keep on new content, it's going to constantly have to be upgraded probably within the next year to be able to keep up with a lot of the new content without a lot of problems. And the PS4 having it is going to keep me playing stuff like that a lot more. So I uh, like a lot more new games as they come out. So I think I may be switching toward a console gamer because of just out of hardware and not wanting to worry about the pc stuff as much so it'll be interesting to see how those online communities are different than what i'm i'm used to um but i wanted to ask you about the adventures because i've unlocked them and you said you're done with almost all of them on two planets on two of the on four. two planets yes like are those repeatable content or is that like one are those like quests in world of warcraft where once you do it you've done it no, it's both, both. It's they
0: appear in the world. And then once you clear out a whole planet, there's like a, it's not a quest giver on every planet, but there's like one key NPC that stays behind on each planet. And okay. They are like your point of contact for that planet. So you can always go back to that planet and like you can turn in things to them to work towards gear or you can like sometimes get extra things from them. So on the planets that I cleared out when I finished the adventures, then when I went back to that NPC, there were a bunch of adventures sitting there that I could like replay for extra credits or points or currency or whatever.
1: Okay, so they're still not because the way that adventures work, if you guys haven't played it, is they're out in the world with a piece of of scenery that you interact with and it will send you on a quest to be able to do something kind of in the general area or the open world around it. And so I wasn't sure if, you know, you could always go back to that same banner that you inspected to do it or if you had to slog all the way over into this other area to be able to just do this adventure again.
0: No, so adventures are like patrols, which, again, you never played the first game, so it's kind of hard to like equate, but for listeners, um, there are patrols in this game, and they're just straight up like the same, basically, as patrols in Destiny 1, and you will get there. You're almost there to that point I was talking about, where it kind of opens up more things. Um, The adventures are like a bunch of patrols strung together into one longer quest in the open world that has an actual story associated with it, whereas patrols are just straight up like kill 10 things type of quest it's, it's uh, usually got, like yeah. collect eight of these things and how do you do that by killing a whole bunch of one type of enemy well of course you know? it is yeah or like go to this point and put down a thing it, it's like the <laughs> yeah. fetch quests yes. of destiny are patrols and adventures okay. are one step up from that it's like a bunch of patrols strung together and then tied together with a little bit of story
1: yeah and i've liked the adventures that i've done i really have enjoyed them going and doing it and the public quests as well. I like just there being hey there's an event over here that starts in two minutes and everyone who's around goes over there and we just get ourselves blown up and blow stuff up for a while and uh, figure out how the best way to clear out this 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 nest of enemies i guess that they've been really fun for me to do because i don't i don't search them out i don't seek anything like that out while i'm playing but they will just pop up in certain areas and that's been really cool for me because it's just a part of of online gaming that i tend to enjoy or public quests and like world of warcraft's uh, world quests and stuff
0: yeah and i I did a bunch of them because they popped up for one of my like milestones or challenges or something like Every day I keep checking and I'm not quite sure which of the milestones are like one time only and which ones of them are repeatable and which ones are like come back every day or come back every week and yeah. there's a new one like that that will reveal itself over time but there have been a couple I got that like kind of pushed me into Crucible even though I'm not a big fan of Crucible and then there was one that was Ooh. like do a bunch of public quests or public events um and that might have been like do x amount of challenges and just one of the challenges happened to be that so I did that that yeah. day and it, I mean, in in a way, it's kind of like it's pushed me into things that I normally wouldn't. But in another way, that's probably not a bad thing because I'm actually doing more of the content than I did in the first game because Which there is are great. rewards. Yeah. I think they're doing a really good job of incentivizing because I feel like I'm doing a more variety of things than I did in the first game.
1: And one thing that I really like about the incentivization that they've done is it really feels like you are constantly getting gear, that you are constantly getting something for your time. Even at the early levels, you're seeing a lot of improvement for your character. You're seeing an an exotic chest piece on like the second world or an exotic pair of gloves as a quest reward, which really makes it where you're like, oh, I got a cool new ability. There's a neat little thing that I get to pick here that a lot of MMOs don't have, where you're still in the early stages not going to get anything that is, uh, that's neat. That's that's shiny enough to be like, oh, that's cool. I want to do. I want more of this. My character has wings right now, and 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 she is she is still fairly low level. She's like level nine or so. So I, was gonna I mean, say,
0: like compared to the first game, the upgrades come like fast and furious in this game because Destiny One. Keep in mind, I played through all of vanilla twice on two different characters, and then I played both of the expansions, and I did not see an exotic until sometime towards the very end of the game like i got okay. that in the second expansion i hadn't seen one at all until that point point. and like by the time i finished the main campaign in destiny 2 i think i had seen three legend or not legendaries exotics already
1: wow yeah. were they quest rewards or were they drops
0: two of them were quest rewards and one of them was a drop so okay, great. one is the one that you're talking about where you get to pick. I right. think it's like a chest piece. And then the other one, which you'll get to in the main campaign, is a weapon. You actually get to pick an exotic okay. weapon. And uh, for me, that's that sun shot that I landed on that I'm still using. I just keep infusing it to get it back up to the light level that I needed at to keep it relevant. Right. Which I don't even know if you've gotten to any of that not, kind of stuff.
1: No. I haven't opened up really any of the the advanced systems yet. And I feel like I'm right on the cusp of it, given the way that the game is acting where I am, that that it should be coming because it's been fairly linear up to the point where I had to really just stop playing and take the break. It can't keep this pace up for a very long time.
0: Well a lot of these systems are just in your menus and you just probably haven't had any need to dig into them that's but true that there. could that
1: could very well be the case i so, mean i have played around with some of the menus and stuff but i haven't yeah. really do- dove deep into the inventory system or or anything i've looked at some of the details but not really anything to notice infusion or something like that so
0: i didn't even know what infusion was because i just never got to that point in the first game um right. but i was using the sunshot and I, I told a friend online i was like i really like this but i'm gonna out level it really quickly and i'm sad it has to go away they're like oh just infuse it so so i went and i looked it up and basically infusion lets you cannibalize weapons that are a higher light level and put that light into a weapon that's a lower level and like you you basically raise the level of a weapon to one that you have sitting in your inventory that's so as you fantastic. get better weapons right like if you have a level 200 weapon And you get a weapon that's level 250, which you're never going to get that big of a jump in one go. But just for example, um, and they are the same weapon type. So like my sunshot was 200 and I got a new hand cannon that was 250. Um, You could go in and it costs a little bit of glimmer. It costs a little bit of like legendary shards and stuff, but you can cannibalize that weapon and then your sunshot would become 250. So it's really cool, especially now that I have weapons that I really like and I'm kind of like really getting into a groove with them. Every time yeah. I get a new weapon of that type, I just infuse it back into all of my gear right now.
1: that That is a fantastic system because it I can see how it would also be a way to put people off though. I could see how it would put me off because of how how easily burned out I get that if I'm always just gonna be infusing stuff, then I probably won't ever move out of my comfort zone. Because sometimes in this game, even so far, it's been like, oh my most powerful weapon is this kind, is a scout rifle. I don't know what that is, but I should probably use it and then found out, oh, this is awesome. This fits my playstyle way better than than a hand cannon or a sidearm, which I am terrible with. Yeah, what I always found in the first game, because I did make ults and play around a little bit,
0: was that Once you kind of find your groove on a character, just stick with it because, like, the muscle memory will be there between the abilities and the way you have it spec'd and the weapons you've landed on, and that's fine. If you want to really, like, investigate other weapon types, it's better to just make an alt and start from scratch because Ah. then you have new powers, you have new weapons, you have new everything, and you kind of just force yourself into a new way of playing. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do, because you have to at that point rather than trying to shoehorn it in. Yeah.
0: So that's been really fun. I guess one of the other things and you said you haven't gotten to all these yet, but I want to talk about like strikes and loss sectors because they're honestly like two of my favorite things in this. I know,
1: and I wanted them so much earlier than they probably are. And like I said, I feel like I'm just right there because the 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 story seems to be about to open up a lot and given the technology that they're talking about should open everything up a bunch and I've I've really been wanting to do strikes. That's the one thing I hate that I haven't been able to get to yet.
0: Yeah, you just have to get there in the story to get strikes. But strikes are, you know, there's a group finder. You just go in and you say, put me in the group finding like strike playlist and it'll match you up with people and it'll throw you into one and you just do it. And it's really fun. So I like those a lot. Um, That's probably where I spend the most time because I find them really fun. And I I don't know. they're, They're the same as they were in the first game, but I just enjoy them. The Lost Sectors are they're basically like procedurally generated it's not even a dungeon it's like an encounter almost and okay. you can find them right now they're all over the world i found my first one at level two maybe three <laughs> all um, right yeah
1: i just so must not have come across any then you just have i explore a lot
0: yeah so there's a symbol in the world that you see and it's like a little upside down U over a circle. Um, okay. is The best way I can describe it. If you ever see that, it means that that is right next to an entrance for a lost sector. And okay. if you walk into a lost sector, you won't ever see like a loading screen, but it will procedurally generate a encounter for you in that space and it will like put you into your own instance of it. Oh, so cool! They they serve the same function as like some of the public events and some of the like treasure hunting. Because like if you clear one out, there's always a tough enemy at the end, and if you yeah. like defeat that enemy, you can open up the chest at the end of that lost sector, and it will have. Um, The token for that planet in it, which, you know, if you set up enough enough of those you can redeem and then it will also have usually a couple pieces of good gear in it.
1: That's awesome. That really does sound like a lot of fun. I just haven't come across any then.
0: Yeah, you just have to keep an eye out like they're all over and they're on your map, too, which is. Yeah, honestly, this is something that, again, you probably didn't even notice because it's like it probably should have always been this way. There was no real map in Destiny 1 that was like functional that you would ever want to look at. There's an Black actual them. map in this game, and there's yeah, fast travel. Yeah, I use travel. the map.
1: I like the map.
0: There's fast travel points, and there are markers for lost sectors, and you can see all of your like all of your different adventures and quests, and everything is on the map. I I love the map. It's so much better than it was <laughs> in the first game. It's so good, and there's no more going to o- orbit for everything. Like there's actual fast travel points on the map, whereas oh. before you would like do one activity and then it would kick you to orbit. And then you would have to go back and do another activity, and then it would kick you to orbit. And that was how it always was. There was a lot of loading, and it was a lot of just looking at your ship in orbit, and it was really dumb. That, that doesn't is dumb. exist as much now.
1: Yeah, because I ha- I have returned to orbit a couple of times, but it's because I wanted to. And most of the time, I'm just, you know, hanging out on the planet or something like that. Or, you know, I would go up and queue for the crucible, which was a mistake
0: <laughs> i i'm not a fan of the crucible but i don't love pvp that much anyway i'm in this and game I for do. pve
1: i love pvp but i think overwatch has spoiled me like i'm a spoiled little baby now because overwatch is just so polished and there's such a variety in playstyle. like i can really do anything i want and i go into into crucible match and i'm just like Oh, these people are straight up better than me, and I'm bad at this, and just get steamrolled. Where it feels like an it feels like an old school death match, where even the Overwatch death matches don't feel like that. So I don't know if I'm going to do much Crucible.
0: The Crucible, I don't really like the first playlist that you unlock, the quick play or whatever it is. Yeah, um I'm not, not a fun. fan of that. It's just like straight up death match, and that's kind of the most boring version of PvP. Um, yeah, I that's really, all I've got right now. I really like the second one that you unlock i think it's called okay good i don't know what it's called i want to say it's like competitive or ranked or something like that but really it's like objective based stuff and that becomes
1: much more interesting Oh, good. Because I mean, I used to love Halo deathmatches, but there was something about this that just didn't feel right. So whenever I get into the competitive ranked two area thing, I will definitely give it a shot then because I've been kind of kind of put off just because like, this isn't for me necessarily because it's just not the kind of PVP first person shooter I want.
0: Yeah, and basically the only reason I ever go into the Crucible is when there is some kind of milestone or reward prompting me to go in there and I only go in long enough to unlock it and then I move on with my day because I'm just not a huge fan of it. But speaking of Halo, I wanted to say there's a real story in this game and it reminds Mm -hmm. me of like the stories from the first halo trilogy like yes it does i mean you know this is the same team right yeah like this game and destiny the first one it's a direct evolution from the first halo trilogy and then Uh they handed off halo back to microsoft in a different studio so it basically goes like halo 1 through 3 and then i think reach might have actually been the last game for this team and then right into destiny 1 and then destiny 2
1: and 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 it feels that way you can absolutely tell that this is a Halo game. My uh, my cousin is going to be house sitting for us uh, next week while we're uh, while we're traveling, and I told him that I bought Destiny two, and I was like, "If you like Halo games, uh, I mean it's it's new Halo with co op." <laughs> is what I told him, and that's how I described it to Austin. I was like, "If you like Halo, then you'll like this because it's it's new Halo." <laughs> because, yes, and that's this good is, for me. That's exactly
0: what I wanted. This is much more. Like of a Halo continuation than the first game was, especially in terms of story, because there is right. actually like a decent story here. I'm not gonna say it's like amazing and groundbreaking, because it's not. I mean, it's it's mm. fairly typical sci-fi fair. You know, if you've done enough sci fi stuff like you and I have, it's like, yeah, I, I know where this story's going. But that's fine. Yep. Like it's executed well and there are characters that you can get to know and there's a coherent plot to follow, unlike the first game where it was always I don't have enough time to explain why I can't explain. And then they would just move on. Like that mm. was legitimately most of the first game. And then and I've read a you couple just of did...
1: articles about
0: that. Well, and where you, you would just do like all the missions and no one really explained anything. And it was like, maybe sometime they'll explain it. And then suddenly someone hands you a gun and then the story is over. Like there's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Like vanilla just ends with somebody being like, Oh, and here's a weapon. And then you get it. And then the campaign is done. Like, that's there's, weird. There's no actual end to vanilla, and I know that like people say it got better over time. But again, I only played the first two expansions, and I don't really remember them. Like my overwhelming memory of Destiny One is some random person who showed up towards the end of the story that I don't even remember who or what they are because they probably never told me. Handed me a like a legendary gun, and then I was done. It, it was so weird,
1: man. That is that's weird. That 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 doesn't even compute for me.
0: With all that said, the core gameplay here is essentially the same as Destiny 1. Like, okay. I couldn't really point to a difference between the shooting in this game and that game, no. but I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, it was already one of the best moment-to-moment shooters ever. It's, it's a direct continuation from the Halo series. Like, that Halo DNA is all over this game in a good way, and that's fine. Like, this is, you know, in a lot of ways, this is just the game that Destiny 1 should have been. And it wasn't, but they fixed so many problems that I had with that first game that I'm really, really enjoying the second game so much more.
1: And the thing is, you know, this may be the game that Destiny 1 should have been, but it's also the game that Destiny 1 couldn't have been because... The technology wasn't nearly as powerful as it as it is now with the PS4, and then the the online communities and the tools that are there they they are much better now. And all just honestly with the uh, with the console. The console uh, dashboards and the way that you can interact with people and the social social tools is better. Social tools are better, and they didn't have. They made the game like like a Halo game to have more online components, and now it's an online Halo game where it had to be iterated. They couldn't have done it then because they didn't. There had been no precedent for that before. I don't and,
0: know. I don't know if I believe that statement. I think they could have executed that first game a lot better than they did, and. Uh, I don't I don't know. Because I played it at the time and it was like it it wasn't that long ago, you know? Yeah. And it was on PS four and Xbox One, like on day one. Like it it, it should have been more than it was. But at this point, like, I'm not really going to complain about that because we have Destiny 2 now and it's, it's good. Yeah. Like, I like it. And yeah. I mean, I guess that's my final thought about it is that, like, I like it and I'm going to keep playing it. Um, I'm going to finish all the single player content at least once. I'm probably going to just dip back in randomly to do lost sectors and strikes and whatever other milestones they throw at me. And then I hope to do a raid at some point honestly that might not be until we move over to pc and i have more people to play with but i never got to do a raid in the first game
1: so i hope to do that here
0: but what about you? You're still going to play it, right? Like any final thoughts about Destiny 2?
1: It's kind of weird how Destiny 2 has taught me how much I've grown and changed as a gamer. I guess changed is a better way to say it than grown. Because since we started this podcast, I have really, really looked at the way that I approach my hobbies. And I know you and I have talked about in the past, especially when you said uh, that it's one of the best moment to moment shooters that you've played. It's You've said that to me before, and I thought you were a crazy person because I played the demo of it that you get an extended trial, uh, or you used to at least to play the first uh, for a while of Destiny, and I did not like it. It was just playing Halo, and the games that I was playing at that time they were like uh, they were the completely online games. Still, they were only mmos they were only all uh of the the time sink gear grind games and so i thought that that destiny was going to be one of them that i loved and when i got in there it felt like a single player game and it played like an evolution of a single player game but it still felt like i was just playing halo again so i bounced off of it really hard and now when i buy this that is literally what I bought it for that the things that that my priorities have changed in life my interests have changed that even over the last couple of years of doing this has made me realize just how and you and and the people who are listening have made me realize that uh that I can have fun doing things that don't necessarily uh line up with what I think that I should be doing I guess it's like I like I should be playing something online that shows this and it's like I'm not wasting my time otherwise but i bought this because i wanted this and i haven't wanted to play a game like this in about 10 years uh to to the tldr part of it and knowing that it plays like the first one it makes me a little sad to think that I'd missed out on that stuff because of who how I thought I should be online gaming. And so now I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna play this and I'm gonna play it for a good long time, but it probably won't be something I log into every single day.
0: That's okay. You know, it'll it'll ebb and flow and we can jump into it randomly. And we will be on board when it comes to the expansions, which I really wasn't in the first game. So I think there will be more to dig into here over time, especially as you finish it up. You have to report back in Weekly Gakery.
1: And one thing I wanted to say is that I know that some people were talking about not having a PS Plus membership and that you couldn't play it. You can play the game without a PS Plus membership. There are there are elements of it that you can't access, but I was able to log in and play and do a lot of stuff before I grabbed a month or two of PS Plus just to see. But you absolutely can log on and play at least the single-player and uh, open-world areas of the main campaign. I'm not sure what all is limited, but if you don't have a PS Plus one, uh, membership and that's the reason that you haven't picked this up for one reason or another... You can actually play the game.
0: Nice. Good note to end on. Go play the game if you haven't and you're interested because it's good and we're playing it. Um, (laughs) Okay, let's dive into the Geeky Offer of the Week. This week, I have Audible again because I read slash listen to a really good book. Um, if you guys don't know yet, you can go to audible trial.com slash geek to geek cast and get a free audiobook from Audible helps us out, and you get a free book, so everybody wins. Um, but the one I listened to and read this week was Leia, and I think the whole full title is Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Um, okay. but on the cover it just says Leia in big letters. And it is the newest Star Wars book by Claudia Gray. And I wasn't sure after the first two because I was like, I don't I still don't know this author, but this is the third one by her in Star Wars that I absolutely loved. And now there's no question in my mind she is my favorite Star Wars author. Like that's three, awesome. Three books is enough to say, okay, she is like so much above everybody else. So I yes. loved Lost Stars. I still recommend that if you've never read a Star Wars book and you're <laughs> at all interested lost stars is like the place to start um bloodlines was the other one that claudia and that's a leia
1: story as well that's a leia
0: story that's like between uh return of the jedi and uh the force awakens it's somewhere in there and then um this one was like a young leia so this would be before uh, this would be between uh revenge of the sith and a new hope Somewhere okay. in there. And it, it, it really did a lot to flesh out her character and to flesh out Alderon and kind of the state of the world and the Senate under the Empire. I really like this book a lot. So I, I would highly recommend it. You guys can get that or any other audiobook you want at audibletrial.com/slash geek to geek cast. And another thing, if you aren't listening to other stuff on the network. I know we mentioned Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea the last couple of weeks. I'm going to mention it again because Joe had them on the Geektitude podcast and they got interviewed by him. So if you want like an overview of Geektitude and Tea Time Katie and Chelsea all in one podcast go find that episode of the Geekitude podcast because it was really awesome to listen to that many people from the network all talking about their shows and what they're doing and what their geekiness is so that was really fun to do
1: oh I was just gonna say Katie and Chelsea are like two of the nicest people in the world and that just just hearing them geek out about everything is wonderful I mean Joe's awesome too don't get me wrong like but we know Joe's awesome already so now to see Katie and Chelsea be awesome it's just like like it's a it's a lot of awesome in one place.
0: And with that, it's time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. You had a bunch of like work-related type of stuff, right?
1: It It's work-related, but at the same time, it's not work-related. Like this new job is very odd for me. Okay. So my hobby for the last 10 years, what I do to de-stress is blog. And now I'm a professional blogger. And so it's very, very hard for me to find the balance between blogging for fun and blogging for monies. And. And so a lot of the stuff that I'm looking into that would normally be something that my, uh, that I'll be doing on you know uh, that I'm doing laying on the couch while we're watching Dr. Pimple Popper is something that I can also then apply to work. So it's a new balance for me. And while I've been doing this, that's what it's, what's been going on a lot because this is my first full week of the new job. I'm, I'm, I'm working I'm now one week today as we record this. It's uh, I've been just kind of one of my jobs is to research and find out all as much as many resources, tutorials and news about WordPress that has come out that week. So I'm reading all sorts of stuff. And while I'm kind of poking around, i I stumbled on Medium again. And it's not that that you you stumble upon Medium as you're doing pretty much anything on the internet, but something really clicked with Medium for me this week and completely outside of work. I I copied and pasted the, the article into my document, all that. And then I went back and just started reading Medium articles and finding people and publications on there that I really liked. And I realized how well curated a lot of it is. And I hadn't really noticed that before, probably because the last time I gave it a shot, it was a really new community. And now it's much more established. And I'm finding far more entertainment there than I did off of things like Flipboard whenever I flip through or Feedly with the stuff that I've got on there because of the way that the medium curation works. So I am I am really enjoying uh, just being on medium and thinking about, ways to use it and i really i really want to get to writing on medium and that's where i've got to find that balance of i'm blogging about stuff for work i need to find out how to do that for for fun again and i think medium might be a way to do that because i'm intrigued by the platform right now have you, you ever used any of it or know anyone who's done a lot with it?
0: Uh, not much. I mean, I know it's a kind of newer, different blogging yeah. platform, but there's so many out there that they're just kind of whatever. If I click yeah. through from social media and there's something on it, I'll read it. But I don't go out of my way to actually visit that
1: site. And it's it's odd because it's more of a it's a social network as well. It's super weird. and I like it. And I'll report back on if I stick with it. But right now I'm in it the i me of
0: Tumblr in the way that it's trying to be a bunch of things at the same time time it does it's like it's it's not tumblr but it's that same kind of feel where it's not quite sure what
1: it wants to be and it, in the end I think it's coming down to being a publishing platform that but at the same time there's so much I like I've made LinkedIn connections on here that have nothing to do with with the work that I'm doing it's that uh, we found each other and have just been talking because that was how she connected with me like it's really cool um, to I like me I like meeting people so uh, and that's the reason we started this podcast and everything to talk to people so so it's like more ways for people like I'm happy about that um you know with that the new job also has me on slack a lot um that's how we do it i'm a fully remote worker uh, i know you've done this and you were telling me a long time before that a lot of your your stuff was done on slack and like different servers and and channels that you were in and um so because i'm on there for work and i thought about it and i, fi- I set it up finally uh for the network for geek to geek to have our own slack um for the entire podcast network and I've set it up because it's a really good way for us to be talking with people. And I really like the stuff that you can do with it. Like all of the integrations in the apps, I am just intrigued by this. So I I would, since I'm not a Redditor, since I, I just can't, I can't seem to do Reddit. And I know that there are people out there who are listening to this who really are the same way. So not to try to split the community, but we're to try to, you know, have places where I want to be where the community is. So uh, I know a lot of people are using Slack for work. So I set up a Slack for us, like I said, and I've enjoyed playing with it. And you can get your invite at slack.geektogeekcast.com to geekcastcom That'll get you a full uh, through public Slack. It'll send you uh, an invite there so you can join us and play but i like adding all of the apps and i like adding uh different just different stuff to play with like it's super fun like i love talking to people there are different ways to talk to people void i get to talk to people all the time
0: yay for you i love it i, I will <laughs> maybe join i i'm in a bunch of slacks already so i don't know yet we'll see i mean i can only be on so many social platforms at any given time so generally your best way to get a hold of me in particular is twitter and then also reddit but i i keep an eye on twitter pretty close
1: and i'm actually keeping on slack more than i do than uh than twitter these days we've talked about this in the network and it's
0: just like everybody has their own platform of choice so instead of trying to limit like everyone or say everyone has to be in a central location like we have somebody on the network basically on every social platform out there yep. so whatever you interact on somebody on the geek to geek podcast network is probably on it whether it's Slack or Reddit or Twitter or Facebook like yep. but it's different people covering different ones because it's just what we use normally you know Rob from the Comic mm-hmm. Box he's kind of our main guy on Facebook just because I literally do haven't touched Facebook in years except for work like he I cannot
1: have, remember his password I, I don't
0: remember my password and I don't want to because there's no like I just it's not a platform for me anymore um i have a dummy account that i have set up because i do it for work but like my personal account i haven't touched in years and you know twitter i'm on twitter like every day multiple times just because it's it's kind of the one social media that i'm like yeah i get enough out of this that i'm going to keep up with it um and then slack i have a couple slacks but they're not even for work anymore they're they're mostly like for fun so i don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm on Slack sometimes, but to keep another tab open or another Slack channel or another Slack server, I, I don't know. But the main thing is, if you are on a social media network, there's probably someone from the network there.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that we're trying to do and build that up. So so come talk to us. Talk to me. Be friends. Um I did also, I had a friend who sent me a message on Facebook and told me that he was a developer and he, and I love notebooks. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I I love notebooks a lot. And there's one called Code and Quill. Have you seen ads for this or know anybody who uses them? No, but I did know you like notebooks. I love notebooks. So he sent me the ad for this, and they had a bundle that that was also discounted more than the bundle. So I ordered uh, two sizes of them, and they're hardcover notebooks designed for creative people and developers, where they they they're designed from page one to lie flat on your on your desk, and one side of it is dotted and one side of it is lined with indents at every basically every uh, character so you can write code in them if you need to you can graph if you need to you can write if you need to and it's very high quality paper and and just the entire thing feels very premium and it is so much nicer than the grid lined Moleskines that I've been using or even the lined hardcover Moleskines and I'm already just in love with this and uh, being able to use it so the code and quill notebooks if you guys see the ads on facebook they really are as awesome as they look like they are i also started using the ulysses writing app have you seen ulysses this seems like something that you may have actually tried at one time i haven't tried it
0: but i know enough writers that use it to know that it's solid like i've literally never even looked at it
1: but i know of it fan friggin fantastic like it is i've been using it for two days I did the it has a two week trial. It's a subscription for five dollars a month or forty dollars a year or something like that. And normally I don't like that kind of software, but after using it for two days for writing, I've already decided that I need to pay for this because it is the most I don't even want to say cohesive. That's not the right word. It is the most pleasant writing experience for any anything that i've ever had that it is simple it is fast and it is it is sinks but it sinks between my phone and my uh, and my computer without having to worry about saving and i know that sounds like google docs you're like but google drive does that too bj and yes that's not what you sound like but that eh. that's what i was thinking but in my head and in my head I, it sounded kind of like that it is it's a it is not quite so clunky as Google drive can be. The one reason I'm not on Google drive on my phone a lot is because it, uh, it, it's laggy. I have a seven plus and Google drive is kind of laggy and, uh, is hard for me to write in. Like it just does. It's not responsive. And this one is responsive and that is makes a big difference for me when I'm writing on my computer or on my phone is something feeling like it is fully responsive and kind of an extension of my brain. And this one really feels like that. It has a typewriter mode where I can keep my cursor dead center in the screen where the line never changes and it moves the text rather than the uh, the cursor and the position on the page. That alone is enough to make me pay for it because i've only found one other piece of software that really does that and it was scrivener which i also paid for for that alone and i don't have to keep it in a distraction free full screen mode to do it like that alone is awesome uh when i'm sitting there writing all day long not having to uh, have my eyes at the very bottom of my screen but keeping them in the middle like it's life-changing i love it
0: I, i I am not sold, but I know there are people who are listening that probably will be, so I'm glad that you like
1: it. Right, right. Come nerd out with me about this too, you guys. Um, And also, I love WordCamps and stuff like that. I love conferences and going. And I just wanted to say that I'm not sure how it happened, but I got wrangled into being a... Uh, a uh, an organizer for WordCamp Birmingham here in Alabama that's coming up in a couple of months and uh, I'm apparently going to be helping with promotion on that so um yeah so that's that's neat I'm going to see how one of these conferences get put gets put together from the uh, from the back side um that sounds awful, but uh from behind the scenes. I'm going to see how the behind the scenes stuff goes. That's better. Uh but it's going to be really interesting to me because that that kind of that level of event planning is super interesting to me and now I'm involved. So yay! Cool, that's
0: very cool. Cool, yeah, um, I think it's neat. Yeah, so this week for me besides Destiny, did you know that like Mario has a gun now? What? Mario has a gun. How does Mario have
1: a gun? Like a Mario real plus gun? Rabbids,
0: Kingdom Battle. Yes, he will shoot you. Mario huh. will shoot you. It's um, weird, man. I've been playing, well, not as much since Destiny 2 came out, but I before that, I played a ton of Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, and I'm probably like halfway through the game, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, it's a lot like XCOM, minus the parts of XCOM that I dislike. Like, they, they simplified <laughs> some of the things, but they also made it, like, bright. And there's color in this game. It's not all dark and gray. And... I, I don't know. They got rid of a lot of the annoyances I had with XCOM and then they made it more like user friendly and it's on the switch and I can take it with me anywhere and it's super approachable. And Mario has a gun. Um, I, <laughs> I, I really like this game. There's a bunch of little things like the chance to hit percentages, which have you, you've never played XCOM. Have you?
1: No, I've, I've seen lots of videos of XCOM, which is weird, but I've never
0: played it. Okay. So in XCOM, um, you can have, and this situation happens more than, like, it seems like it should, you can be aiming at an alien and have, like, 99% chance to hit, and then you shoot and you miss. Like, that uh. happens. And it feels horrible. And it feels horrible anytime you're above, like, 70% and it messes up. Yeah. Um, it's just not good. And in Mario, it gets rid of that. All of the hit percentages are either 0, 50, or 100 so oh. <laughs> it, it always feels fair whether you hit them or not you know ahead of time right and like 50 okay. percent is actually it feels pretty much like a flip of a coin like it, it's pretty spot on and then if you can see them you can shoot them it's 100 percent and if they're behind hard cover or like full cover you're just not going to hit them you can maybe blow up the cover but you can't hit them okay. Um, so that makes it less random. They got rid of some of the other random mechanics from XCOM that I didn't like. And then they also have, it's like tight tactical battles that don't take too long. Because XCOM, there are battles that can drag on for like half an hour or like 45 uh-huh. minutes. And then you get to the end and you mess it up and you lose. And it's like, I don't want to replay that. Like, that just makes me quit the game and never come
1: back you know it does that kind of thing always makes yes yes that is i i don't nerd rage away i just kind of huff away it's like oh yeah (laughs) i'm not dealing with that again a big
0: deal out of it and i don't like angrily you know tweet or reddit about it i just that happens and then i put the game down and i literally never come back to it Mm -hmm. like i'm just well that is not my worth my time to replay that because it was dumb right at the end and so in mario plus rabbits kingdom battle there's still fights that you'll lose, but they're so short that like it doesn't feel like a chore to replay them. And okay. I don't know if that changes towards the end of the game, if, it, if the fights get longer over time, but it seems like it's a pretty tight tactical game. And I, I like that about it. And one of the other things I want to mention is you don't really start to see everything the game has to offer. Until you get, like, all the special abilities and the secondary weapons start to unlock and the skill trees unlock after the first mid-boss battle. So, if you do pick it up or you check it out at a friend's or you rent it on Gamefly or whatever, um, make sure you play past the first half-world. Because the first half-world is, like, it doesn't always seem like it's a tutorial, but the whole first half of World 1 is a tutorial until you get past that mid boss. And then it starts
1: to unlock like, oh, here's the depth of the game. And that's like, I'm assuming you bought this game because it's on the switch as opposed to game flying it, right?
0: Yeah, no, I bought it because I knew that I would play it. And even if I didn't like blast my way through it super fast, I would play it eventually. Like when I'm just sitting around the house or traveling or something like I I knew I liked the game enough to actually pick it up.
1: Okay, that was why I was asking, because it seems like you spent a lot of time on this without sending it back, so I figured that meant that it wasn't a Gamefly title.
0: No, I did a bunch of Gamefly titles, but I think we might do a demo episode soon, and they kind of fit in with that, so I'm kind of saving them up, and we can talk about a bunch at at once. Um, I finished another book this week, and I'm not actually sure if it, well, it's like a short story, but it might be a novella. Um, I picked it up on Audible when it was free one day. It's called Snapshot, and it's by Brandon Sanderson. And it was good. It, it was like, it's not my normal genre, but it was Sanderson, so I grabbed it anyway because it was yeah. free. Um, it's like detective noir type thing, but it's in a sci-fi setting a little bit. The The premise of it is that there is some sci-fi thing that is it, never really fully explained, but they can grab a snapshot of a whole day and repeat that day and they can put a couple real people in at the beginning of the day and they can go like interact with things so it's about two detectives that get put into these snapshots of a day and they have to try to not disturb the snapshot to make these deviations which would like make evidence like impermissible they have to try to make as little impact as possible on that day but still investigate like things that happen so there's like a murder they're investigating but there's a couple side cases too that they go out and find out from like a week before in real life and that's the whole premise of it but i I liked it and it was a short it it was a little more than a short story it's probably a novella
1: um, that's really cool. I like yeah. his short fiction like that. I've listened to a couple of them. I've listened to his Legion books on audio, uh, which are great. And pre and Firstborn. I don't know if you've read Firstborn. I like Firstborn. But yep, it is my good. favorite of his really short works.
0: Yeah, and this one's more than that, but it's not super long either. Is it's it probably, as long
1: as uh, The Emperor's Soul? Because that's um, really yeah. It's probably slightly less than that, but it's in the same range as The Emperor's okay. Soul. Yeah, because I'm list. I'm reading and listening to Arcanum Unbounded right now, and I'm on the the Kelsier story is the one I started with that comes after Bands of Mourning, and I am loving it. That I am so excited. I didn't realize how excited I would get about Arcanum Unbounded until I dug in and actually saw how much of the Cosmere was being you know touched on and. Diagrammed with star charts, I told you. and then I know you did, and I finally listened, and you, now I'm nerding see, I don't out care like real about hard. The Cosmere.
0: Like I don't really care, and I liked that book a lot, and you actually care, and you're like, I don't know, maybe I'll read at some point.
1: Yeah, I know. And now that I opened it up, I was like, Oh my god, there's star charts, and that 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 is. I love stuff like that. Like I, I was working on my, my PhD dissertation was going to be about genre hybridity, genre hybridity and hyperdiegesis And so I, I see this, I'm like, Oh my God, there's, this is so hyper I'm going to explode. And like, I actually had a hard time going to sleep the first night because I was looking at fictional star charts and I'm like a super nerd because of it. I know. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. i know right
0: (laughs) oh i'm glad you're reading it finally um the only piece of geekery i have is just news that hit today that jj abrams is going to be directing episode nine because they got rid of the other director that i was never really excited for anyway because apparently i didn't even learn his name anyway jj abrams is coming back and i really like the force awakens so i'm excited that he's going to be directing and co-writing
1: episode nine yeah, I mean, The Force Awakens really is my favorite Star Wars movie. You know, I've gone back and rewatched it many, many times now, and I really do think that it is the best one. Come at me, fight me, y'all! And uh, I agree with you. I'm not going to fight you. Oh, I know. You want to talk about Rogue One? Uh, <laughs> no, no, right no. But uh, but no. When I when I saw that this morning, when Jennifer actually told me about it, she saw it before I did. I got excited. I got sad at first because of I was afraid that that meant there was something wrong with Episode Eight that they were trying to rectify by bringing him back in. But like. He does good work. There are very few things that J.J. Abrams has ever touched that I didn't just adore. So, yeah, let's do this
0: yeah he has a really good track record and with a seven he was kind of given an impossible task and he did it anyway like yeah. how do you how do you reboot that franchise and be true to the old movies but then make it into its own new movie series like how do you make that transition that's an impossible ask of anybody and him and Lawrence kasdan did it like yeah they made that happen and now he's two more movies along and they've defined their own new trilogy Like, I am so excited to see what he does now that the shackles are off. He doesn't have to pay, like, that same homage to the original trilogy. He doesn't have to make that gap. Like, he doesn't have to bridge the gap anymore. It's done. That work is behind him. He can actually, like, take it and run with it. So... that,
1: that is the only thing that I'm really scared about with this right now because J.J. J. Abrams, his track record shows that he is fantastic at starting things but not finishing them. That he starts Lost, he starts Fringe, he, he, he goes through and he starts Star Wars and he started Star Trek and they're all very strong in the beginning and then tend to weaken toward the end when he steps away. And so I don't know... I don't I haven't seen anything really that he is contributed to over the long haul and stuck there till the very end. So I'm hoping that 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 means that he's going to be capable of it because I know he has strong starts. Maybe it's good that he
0: wasn't in charge of the whole trilogy then. Maybe yeah. the fact that he stepped away and someone else took it for a while. Now he can come back in and close it. Like, I don't know. There There's a lot of time between now and episode nine. I'm mostly and just they delayed excited. It. Yeah, Did you I mean, hear mostly, about that? They
1: delayed it seven months today as well.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. But, I mean, at this point, I'm mostly just excited for The Last Jedi, and that will be out soon, so I'm so pumped about that. But Star Wars news that was actually huge, so I had to mention True. it. Um, that's about it this week. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek 2 geekcast. And, and you can also- I was going to mention, I was going to mention, BJ might be going into a hurricane zone next week. So I might pull together a different guest host than normal. We will see what happens and how the week shakes out. But just so you're aware, just so you're and- aware. That's it. So Sorry. You're I interrupted you. Go for it.
1: The hurricane's gone now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, remember, we are part of a podcast network. You can head over to geektogeekcast.com and see if any of our shows tickle your fancy. And you can also sign up and get an invite and join us on Slack at slack.geektogeekcast.com.
0: I blog sometimes at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find
1: me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. That's Beege with two E's. And I blog sometimes at geekfitness.net. <laughs> we both blog sometimes.
0: We've been Boyd and Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. Don't drive into a hurricane zone if you don't have two geeks. See you next week, geeks. I'm Katie and I'm Chelsea and we're the hosts of the podcast Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked
1: about Girl Power Songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, Young Adult Fiction Novels san diego comic con and so much more so grab your cup of
0: tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on itunes or stitcher and start listening today